Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. It's always by midweek that we get the stark stories for us that really show what the springtime of the Church of the New Advent really means when it talks about the faith. From Gloria TV, we get this little ditty headline. Bishop, Jesus would have sung, Imagine There Is No Heaven. Yeah, sure he would have, Your Eminence. Let's just go into this. Quote, Noto Bishop Antonio Stagliano of Sicily praised on a Servitor Romano the John Lennon song Imagine, saying that it poetically reconfigures a new world, which, without exaggeration, is in line with the magisterium of Fratelli Tutti. An accomplished pop singer and guitar player, this is the bishop we're talking about, an inventor of pop theology, how did this guy evade my radar so much? Stagliano has been singing Imagine for Christmas to his diocese because Jesus, too, would have sung this song with conviction. The problem is, the song starts with the words, "There's Imagine there's no heaven, and later adds, and no religion, too. End quote. The bishop is right about one thing here, though. That song is the embodiment of the magisterium contained in Fratelli Tutti, or Tutti Frutti as we were calling it two years ago, when the document emerged at the Amazon Synod in the aftermath of the Pacamama debacle, a document that was the handiwork of the Leviathan and an embracing of overtly demonic adoration in the Amazon basin. Imagine sure does embody that nonsense, to a T. But remember, this bishop has a regular communion status with Rome, while you and I don't, and he must be obeyed. Or so we're told. Bear all that in mind as we proceed in the next few minutes. Nothing really encapsulates the concept of the ape of the church quite like a bishop claiming Jesus would sing Imagine, but then again nothing quite illustrates this great divide in the church, now more than the twin poles of Traditionis Custodis, which continues to be implemented, and Francis's love with all things secular. If you want to see the ape of the church in action and its prophesized eclipsing of the Catholic Church, let's pay close attention to these two threads that I'm going to cover here for you now. Diane Montagna on Twitter shared this story from Riposte Catholique, a French-language online outlet, that the archbishop, uh, the, the local archbishop in Paris embraced Traditionis Custodis and has reduced the number of traditional masses from 15 available in Paris to merely five. It's worth noting here that France is one of the main hotbeds for the traditional Catholic revival, and we shouldn't be surprised, for France is the eldest daughter of the Church, and if Catholic prophecy is to be believed, it will be France that will be central to the restoration of Christendom and the very real social reign of Christ the King once again. But from that story from uh, Riposte Catholique, we get the details. Headline, Bishop Apoti officially reduces the number of Tridentine Masses in Paris. Yes, and I'm sorry for mispronouncing his name. I have literally no way of finding out how to pronounce his name. So I'm sorry. I just did the best I could. What's the effect this move will have on the community in Paris? Two days or so before he made his announcement, he released what these days gets called a pastoral letter, where he said, quote, It is with all of you that I wish to deepen and implement these two pastoral visions, missionary fraternities and the unconditional welcome of all, which remain deeply linked. A few lines above, he wrote, where do we make him right? The priority is to rebuild the fraternity, and the fraternity that exists between 
us because our divine sonship, which leads us all to have the same Father, we have to cultivate friendship with each other. This friendship, based on the free gift, should allow those who cannot cross the threshold of our churches to be welcomed free of charge with deep benevolence, and to announce in the wake of launching new and sometimes surprising initiatives to respond to such a challenge. I use this word perhaps incongruous of startup of the good Lord to say how much we had to let ourselves be guided by the Holy Spirit in the new times that we live. End quote. So the Times calls for us to be welcoming to all in the rest. And that's fine, I guess. But he said that two days prior to this, and then he did this. From Repose Catholic, quote, The Archbishop of Paris announced to the priest of the Diocese of Paris that he was drastically reducing the number of masses celebrated according to the 1962 Missal in Paris. We go from 15 places of worship to five. Only the parishes of Saint-Odier, Saint-Jean-de-Chantel, and Saint-Eugène-Saint-Cécile, Saint-Roche, and, of course, Lys, are the authorized places for the celebration of the traditional Missal, and a somewhat curious vision of the unconditional welcome of all, as was aforementioned. Not sure that replacing the Tridentine Mass by a Mass in Latin Novus Ordo as at uh, Travail is enough to appease the despoiled faithful. Bishop Apoti further specifies that there will be able to celebrate in the old form the priests who have received the written mission from me. In order to further promote communion, I hope that the priests called are open to the two missiles. In addition, those who are used to celebrating with the 1962 missal must, in order to continue, obtain my authorization in writing. Finally, Bishop Apoti specifies that the readings must be done in French in the official liturgical translation of 2013. Bishop Patrick Chauvet also appointed delegate for the use of the 1962 Missal. It's hard to think that this blow of the hammer will not make people react. End quote. So not only do you have to uh, um, proclaim the gospel in the vernacular, which, by the way, at every Latin Mass, first, the gospel is chanted or read... Uh, or read uh, in Latin, at the altar, and then at the time of the homily, virtually every time except at the daily mass, the priest will then repeat in the vernacular what was said. In English, it's just how it's done. So that's probably an easy part to get around. But what will the effect of this be? What will people, how will people react? And it's not hard to see how people will react. In France, the SSPX has 44 priories and 109 chapels. They thrive in France. And if you know anything about Archbishop Lefebvre and their history, you, that's not news to you. And that's not to mention, by the way, set of a contest options, various other independent chapels, of which there are also more than a few. People will move. It's that simple. But as we move on from the story, remember, this is the practice that is accepted in the church. Not your devotions, not your traditional liturgical practices, and certainly not your faith that is as rigid as the cross that was the instrument of our salvation. Remember that. If you want to read more of this for yourself, I have the related French articles and everything else I'll cite here in my show notes at returntotradition.org. That's the name of this podcast with a .org at the end. Just look for the best po or for the post with this podcast title, and the links are all there. But this story isn't that surprising. The French may have some of the most widespread access to the traditional liturgy anywhere in the church today, but the bishops have been, at best, a mixed bag of support for tradition, and they're having their ad limina visits with Francis right now, or they were at the time of this reporting. Ad limina visits are one-on-one, -on -one, by the way, and conference meetings with Francis that happen once every five years. Now, Rorote Chaley reports this. Headline. 
Francis to bishops of France and ad limen a visit regarding Traditionis Custodis. They must accept Vatican II and basta. Of course, his idol, Vatican II, the non-binding pastoral council that to no one's surprise became binding on the church in practice and its living, breathing embodiment of it now demands that we follow his ridiculous interpretation of it, which of course led to the elimination of the lie of the hermeneutic of continuity. Now, thanks to Mike from the channel Restoring the Faith for coming up with this image, by the way, of the hermeneutic of continuity. It's more accurate now than the old hermeneutic of continuity image that's been floating around. Check his channel out if you haven't. But according to Rodde Celi, quote, Basta. Enough. That was the tone of Francis to the bishops of France. The first group to proceed to the periodical ad limina visit to Rome met with him earlier today. It was the group of the bishops of the South and France and Eastern Catholics. French Catholic weekly Famille Chrétien has a summary of the visit, including this paragraph on Traditionis Custodis. Modo proprio. It is necessary to establish a limit. And basta. Regarding the motu proprio traditionis custodis, the Pope insisted on the fact that it must be avoided that the celebration of the ancient rite be a pretext to refuse Vatican II. A limit must be established, and basta, he insisted before the French prelates, so that a liturgical attachment will not be the facade for an ideological position. At the same time, the successor of Peter encouraged them to adopt a paternal attitude towards the faithful. End quote. Ah, uh, yes, nothing quite as paternal as driving out young Catholics with growing families who don't want clown masses and the rest. But clown masses are what Francis the Great and Merciful wants. Many of you sent me this image over the weekend, and I thought it would fit perfectly here. This is Little Amal. Little being a reference to the character, and not to the actual thing strutting around, obviously, as it towers over everyone. For those who are not watching this on YouTube, but hearing this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or elsewhere, it's a nine-foot-tall costume of a child with distorted features that looks similar to the modern nouveau art style favored by the Vatican these days for whatever reason of accounting to bad taste. It's meant to appeal to children in need, and it was favored prominently at the Vatican this past week, including with Paca Papa Francis. There weren't many images of the thing with kids being shared, the thing may have visited with families in need or something, but I didn't see any pictures of it. It doesn't mean it didn't happen, though. But that strange thing perfectly encapsulates the institutions of the church under the stunning and striking leadership we have now in Rome. I don't know about you, but I feel totally at ease with this stuff. Its purpose is to raise awareness, which is always the case. Secular types are always trying to raise awareness, which is a nice way of saying that they're doing the easy thing of letting you know there's some kind of problem out there, but not doing much about it themselves, no matter how many resources they have at their disposal. Notice a total lack of any mention of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini, the patron saint of the cause being promoted here. No masses offered in her name and in the name of the cause. No novenas invoking her. No public prayers of petition. Nope, just a goofy and kind of pack-a-mama-esque looking costume to promote a purely material approach that will bear no fruit. Not only is the work of Rome these days rather pointless, it's also utterly materialist and totally devoid of the hallmarks of the faith, which is to combine prayer, fasting, and real honest work to address material issues our Lord would want us to address. Remember, as I reported on Monday, Pacamama season is upon us in the church, the season of creation as Pacapapa Francis is calling it. He gave numerous addresses, but really they all could be summed up in this one tweet. A true ecological approach always becomes a social approach that must integrate justice in debates on the environment, so as to hear both the cry of the earth and the cry of the poor, and then some hashtags if people still use those things. End quote. 
That line is almost verbatim out of my sustainable development coursework in my PhD program, by the way. I spent like eight years studying sustainable developments. Why I focus on this stuff so much, because I recognize what it is. It's right out of the literature. But it's mostly empty words, because we could, if we wanted to really stretch and do some gymnastics, we could frame that in a Catholic way if we were so inclined. And then do real work to bring Christ to people affected by things happening in nature or who suffer from broken watersheds, lack of access to food, or whatever the issue du jour that gets covered under that giant umbrella envelope. But that's not what's going on here. This is instead the next phrase of Francis's using the Vatican to aid the Leviathan in giving all of civilization a big old reboot, which is his real project, of course. So traditional liturgies continue to get scaled down. The FSSP are talking openly about their seminaries and main offices, and even parishes receiving apostolic visits, all the while a secular mission is preached in the church with growing fervency. Something Sister Lucia of Fatima said comes to mind with all of this. In 1957, Sister Lucia said to Father Fuentes in a famous interview that had been given the approval from the church authorities to publish at the time, quote, Father, we should not wait for a call to the world from Rome on the part of the Holy Father to do penance, nor should we wait for a call for penance to come from the bishops in our dioceses, nor from our religious congregations. No, our Lord has often used these means, and the world has not paid heed. So now each one of us must begin to reform himself spiritually. Each one has to save not only his own soul, but also all the souls that God has placed on his pathway. End quote. She almost certainly said this at the direction of Our Lady of Fatima, who told her after the miracle of the sun, quote, Our Lord has often used these means, and the world has not paid heed. End quote. We have done little to warrant having a pious Holy Father, an institutional church that cares much about the faith or the rest. We must do penance, we must pick up our crosses, and do acts of reparation for the sins of the world and of the clergy. So today, start thinking about Advent. It's coming faster than you think. And Advent has for been, for the majority of the, church, the history of the church, been considered a sort of lighter version of Lent, complete with abstinences and fastings and the rest of it. So consider what you will do to mark the season with both joy and prayerful fasting and penance. Please, for the church and for this world, as spiraling into darkness more every day, consider doing it. Consider the imprecatory psalms, if you haven't, those which David prayed fervently for the defeat of his adversaries. Given everything we've seen in the past few days or so in the secular world, they're warranted, and I'm openly asking you to pray them. And I'm not talking about Paca Papa Francis here, but somnolent, sleepy Caesar here. That's my thoughts on this today. What do you think about this? Let me know in the comments, please, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.